Welcome to the Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Alchemy of Business show. Whether you are listening in on your uh, earbuds or you are in your car driving, maybe listening, possibly you are watching this on a video on Roku or some streaming channel. Any way that you're here, we're glad you're here. You are in for an amazing morning. We uh, at the Alchemy of Business are talking always about wiser decisions, greater profits in all that you do, and higher purpose. And no better person to talk about that today than Mr. Jimmy Mystery. Uh, Jimmy is uh, on a whole different time zone than I. I think he's like 13 hours ahead of me because he's in India. I'm going to let you talk, let him talk about his homeland and where he is and wh what cities are he, he's uh, residing in because he's a, a very global uh, world traveler, a uh, little bit uh, diminished with some of the COVID like we all have been. But anyway, Jimmy is a serial entrepreneur. He is a designer. He's built hotels. He's an adventurer. He's a real estate developer. He has been an entrepreneur since an early age in his late teens. He started his first business and he has six businesses across all industries, employing over 2,000 people. He is a first-generation serial entrepreneur, uh, and he realized how difficult and challenging it can be to be an entrepreneur and what those challenges bring. And so he's developed a network that we're going to talk a lot about today, the Della Leaders Club. And the Della Leaders Club is a global organization that connects people from all segments and all walks of life throughout this global world. And we're going to talk a lot about that. So I don't want to spend too much time on his intro, but not only is he a phenomenal businessman, but he is a father, he is a husband, he's a great son. He also is somebody who is pretty cool and fit and trim. He just was voted as the GQ entrepreneur most fit, I think 50 year old in the country of India. So we got a GQ model on the on the call with us as well. So let's have Jimmy pop on the on the call here and uh, be on the show. Mr. Jimmy Mystery, how are you, Jimmy? Hey, Steve, it's a pleasure to be with you. Good morning. Good morning. Let us, let everyone know what city you're in and where, what uh, city your business is based out of. Steve, I'm in Mumbai right now. Uh, we are at precisely 9.30 in the evening. Uh, I'm in my office. And that's the usual story of my life. <laughs> Jimmy's one of those people that literally goes from morning till night and 13, 14 hour days easily. Uh, he, is, he is a dynamo. His uh, his pace of what he does and his ability each day. He's a driver, no doubt about it. And when um he when I when I'm sometimes connecting with him, it is very very late in his evenings for his team, or it's very very early in the morning for me. Or sometimes we're reversing for that. So when you're talking to people halfway around the world, uh, we both have to have very full schedules, which Jimmy does. So Jimmy, thanks for taking the time and being here today. So would you let the audience know, uh, I gave a little bit about your, your intro as we started out here, but if someone was just meeting you for the first time and you were having a drink or a dinner uh, and you had a short segment to tell them about yourself, give us a little bit of your history and how you describe yourself and how you got to where you are today. Uh, Steve, I come from a very humble middle-class family background where I started off. Uh, it was almost 30 years back when I was 19 and uh, the journey so far has been great. Uh, it's been it's been a roller coaster ride. It's not been easy, and life for any first generation entrepreneur is never easy. It's always filled with challenges. 
challenges to raise capital, challenges to keep raising capital, because if you don't raise capital, you don't expand. Your ability to raise capital and your ability to stay steadfast to the dream and the vision and the ambition that you've established. At times, you make your own life miserable and you make your family's life miserable and you make your friends miserable. That's but true. it's a part and parcel of having a hustler's life as an entrepreneur. There's no choice. Uh, at the end of the day, if your vision is correct, you believe in it 100%, you're committed to it. Uh, I think that speaks volumes to people who are around you in an unspoken manner. Uh, your, you, your communication is silently going and penetrating to everybody across. At some point in time in your career, it becomes your brand. And then people, you live, you live by, you, I mean, your brand precedes you. So people know about you and they know if you're into something, you mean business or else you would not be there. That's yeah. the kind of brand you create that speaks volumes to people in an unspoken language. Yes, absolutely. And, and this brand that you talk about, you obviously have your own personal jam, a, a brand of being Jimmy Mystery, but the Della, the Della brand that has gone across um, so many things in resorts and architecture. How did you originally even think about, okay, I want to make sure I have a brand. So in your teens or early 20s, where did the importance and the knowledge of knowing that a brand was important? And how did you come up with the brand that you've used for the last 30 years? So Steve, originally the brand was Technica. I used to work with the Italians a lot. And uh, then the brand at some point in time, and we went global to Dubai and set up a showroom there. Uh, we, wanted, we wanted to change the brand from Technica to something which was more global. My visits to Italy had everything, Della Technica, Della Rovero, uh, Della Valentina, and so on and so forth. That's how it became Della Technica. Uh -huh. And somewhere in 99, 2000, uh, we changed the brand, dropped Technica out, it became Della. However, right from that time, I was very committed to doing business under one brand, one umbrella. Most entrepreneurs end up creating multiple brands and, and then it becomes a problem to manage. Managing one brand is difficult. Creating multiple brands is, is, is super difficult. There are its own advantages and disadvantages. If you are in the business for a long run, creating a single brand, staying committed to the brand and making sure at no point in time you compromise with the value system of the brand, no matter which business vertical you are in. So we might be in interiors, we might be in manufacturing of luxury uh, products and furniture. We are in we are in hospitality, we are in adventure, we are in counterterrorism training for civilians, and now we are in DLC. Uh, there is also Della Villas, which is real estate. So everything we do is under the brand Della, and and today we're beginning to reap the benefits of having a single brand which is known and stands for a certain value and a culture that we've developed through the years. That is amazing, Jimmy. I mean, and and the, the, when you think about all of that you just said, the amount of sweat and tears and sleepless nights that it takes to do that. I mean, I know how many entrepreneurs I work with that have created very large or some of them run smaller businesses, but just the, the, the ability to be your own boss, make the decisions, have other people count on you, have to be responsible for payroll and some of their own destinies and staying to your vision. So how in your, how did you break away becoming the first generation entrepreneur? What in your mind or your soul or your calling made you kind of break away from what had been traditional? And what do you think in other entrepreneurs or other leaders that there might be a similar tra tra trait that makes that a person who does the kind of thing you do versus someone who stays in a different path? I think the ability to very quickly create teams and getting others, convincing others about your vision uh, is what defines an entrepreneur and how quickly you're able to convince everybody about your vision, people in and around your family, your friends, the society you live in, people you know, and then beyond in the outside world. 
Uh, so every every successful entrepreneur has had that ability to kind of communicate uh, very clearly and build teams of people who believe in the cause. And hence, you start working with a certain kind of minimum energy around you. And, and that energy then at some point in time in life caterpillates into smaller successes and those smaller uh, smaller uh, feats that you achieve each day ultimately at some point in time result into uh, something that we call success. I don't know still even after 30 years if I'm successful or not. But yeah, smaller achievements, yes, through a period of time we manage together. But the struggle still continues. Uh, each time you set up something new, you have to communicate your vision, you need to put a team together. And whilst you do that, you need to make sure uh, you're not falling back across a couple of steps in your other businesses. Other businesses have to be self-contained and taking care of themselves whilst you continue to put your time and energy into something different. So right. uh, the ability to create teams, communicate the vision to those teams, uh, making them have the same dreams as you have, somewhere aligning your dreams to their dreams and creating a cumulative dream. That's what entrepreneurship is all about to me. That is amazing. Well, I would say that you are a success from my own definition. My success, my definition of success is someone not only who can create material wealth, but also can create visions for others and help them make come true. There are people who are servant leadership, who give of their heart and be of service and do something for the greater good of the world. There's somebody who pays it forward. And I think you do all of those things. I've now I've known you now going on two years, I think. And I've seen how you contribute. I mean, you definitely drive people. There's no doubt about it. Your energy, your enthusiasm, and your ability for excellence is very, very high. And so you have that high level. So you really call people sometimes at a level to go, okay, let's all get up here. And sometimes they get up there and they can't always sustain that. But you do a great job of, from my perspective, looking in, helping fuel that energy, helping keep everybody contained in that vision. And your work ethic is so high that you say that you really not going to do anything that you're not expecting anyone else to do. So to me, that is kind of a, you lead by example. So I would personally say, I think you're a success there, Mr. Jimmy. So um, how has your family adapted to your, uh, your rise through all these, make them crazy at certain times, but then they've seen you had different levels of success, whether it was opening your first resort or architectural projects you've done or awards you've won. How has your family experienced your success? You know, your, your, your original mom and dad, and then your, your family, your spouse and your kids, how do they view you and your success? So Steve, uh, talking about my dad, he was a very simple person. He had done one job for 33 years. He was in pharma sales. And for him to absorb anything which is risk-taking appetite and capacity to take risk was always a challenge. Uh, so my dad uh, was supportive, but my dad was very, very skeptical. Uh, my mom was always uh, the hustling entrepreneur. And she's the one who always believed in me, kept pushing me. A good combination of mom and dad put together. Uh, one pulling me back, one pushing me in the front. Uh, second in line, the rest of the family, as, as I got married and kids, uh, they've, they've always seen me in this situation where I'm super passionate about something. I give it my 100%. So if I'm designing a yacht for the first time in my life, or I go into architecture or township planning and master planning or interiors, and, and they see my ability to be able to you know, turn a vision into reality and the amount of effort I would put in. Uh, there have been times where I have not come back from my site and worked nonstop for um, almost almost uh, two and a half days together. And there have been times where, uh, where I've, I've been able to make my family enjoy a little taste of success that we've had. Uh, so it's a, it's a combination of these things. But all in all, our family has been very supportive. 
Our family has always known me uh, to be very dedicated to my work and they were never let, uh, I would never let anything else come in between me and my work. I'm quite unapologetic about it. I think when people say they balance their lives between work-life balance, yes, we all aspire to a work-life balance. But when you have madness on your head, there is nothing like a balance. I mean, yeah. you are you are heading, it's like an F1 driver who's doing 300 kilometers and, and he, he's not going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's his vision and that's what he's in the race for uh, at the same time when he gets off the car uh, yes his family is very dear to him and uh, he, he wants to give his 100% of whatever quality time he has to the family but when he's racing he's all there 100% and there is no compromise. Yes, absolutely. Well, the uh, that that drive of an entrepreneur, it does sometimes people look at it like it's insanity uh, until it becomes a reality. And then when it gets past insanity to a reality, they're like, oh, he's so brilliant or she's so brilliant. Or I knew they were going to make it right. Uh, so let's come back and talk about that on the show. We're going to take a break right here, everybody, and listen in. I want to hear about how John, Jimmy designed some yachts and how he's designed a few different resorts and what some of the biggest projects were he had as he started building his career. We're also going to talk, come and talk a lot about the Della Leaders Club, DLC, which is a way that global leaders like Jimmy and all different industries are connecting globally on all talks about life, whether it's diversity, human resources, legal, how to build a brand, technology. He, he's got everything under this platform. We're going to talk about that coming back. But I want to find out about how he designed his first yacht. So let's come back and hear about that. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business. We are talking with Jimmy Mystery here of the Della Leaders Club, DLC, and all the Della brands. Jimmy, before we broke away from the break, you were you were saying uh, that you have designed things from hotels to yachts and all kinds of, I know, go golf resort projects. Talk to me about how a first design of a yacht came into your lap. Like, how does a person go, hey, we'd like you to design our yacht? <laughs> uh, so there was this client who, for whom I was designing his airline. He owned an airline in India, and I was designing this airline uh, known as Kingfisher. Uh, and I, I landed up designing the UB headquarters. See, he was a billionaire and multiple businesses, including liquor, leather, fertilizer, airlines. Uh, that's how I got to know him. And I designed for about 10 years. Uh, around, around the ninth or the 10th year, he, he, he asked me if I would design his yacht. And I said, look, I've never designed a yacht, but let me, let me go to Italy. That's my base for design, and I'll get you a great yacht architect. So I go down to Ferrari Yachts and I meet with this uh, amazing guy, Luca Badua, who was, who was supposed to be Michael Schumacher's test driver. Uh, he introduces me to another yacht uh, architect who designed for Ferrari. And I come back with a fee proposal to my client that I think this is the right guy and that's his fee proposal. The fees were, I think, about a million and a half dollars uh, those days, euros, sorry. And uh, he turns around and he says, you know, he abused me and he says, I'm not paying that kind of money. You better design my yacht. So that was a starting point. Uh, I, I took up the challenge. I don't really, it was, it was a yacht, which had uh, history attached to it. It was a hundred year old yacht that was gifted by uh, Richard Burton to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, it wow. was known as motor yacht Kalisma, M Y Kalisma. And, uh, this, 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 uh, billionaire acquired the yacht, uh, of course, years down the line. It was a steam yacht. It was, a, it, it had been then fitted with a motor engine. My challenge was not just to refurbish the yacht. That would have been a simpler challenge. 
but actually to increase the level in the yacht. So I had to get into studies of naval architecture, appoint a collaborating naval architect, and actually construct a level more on the yacht, giving the owner's cabin the view of the bridge and stuff like that, and the captain having its own cabin. So that the, the yacht was an amazing project. I loved it. The decor and the design originally was Edwardian. I had to start researching what does Edwardian design and interiors mean. And, and that got me uh, hooked on to Edwardian style of design. I not only redid the yacht and restored it, but the entire interior was done up with brand new Edwardian style of design. So it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. Of course, the yacht went on to win a couple of awards and mm -hmm. she's still sailing in international waters somewhere in, somewhere in uh, Maldives, I believe so. Wow. And, and, and as you do these things, and, and I mean, not many people you can talk to say, hey, I've designed a yacht, I learned about it, and you did it for someone that was also in the celebrity status of Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth and, and uh, her, her, her partner there, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. I mean, they were the power couple of the time of their, their generation, and Absolutely. talk about a lot of history there. So on those kinds of things, Jimmy, designing your first yacht, designing your first building, even getting in design at all, how, how do people like yourself, or what critical advice do you have for people when they don't know something, but they're passionate about wanting to learn it? And then how do you find ways to then step in and either A, have the courage or have the knowledge or skill to start learning what you need to do to jump into something you haven't done before? How, how do you do that? And what advice can you give others on that path? So Steve, let me tell you and share something with our listeners. I'm not a qualified designer, leave alone architecture or interior design. I've never been to design school ever in my life. And uh, I, I'm a dropout from, I was doing mechanical engineering in my college and I dropped out of mechanical engineering. So of course I had my engineering knowledge and skill set and ability to understand drawings and draw. Uh, but I'd, I'd never, never finished my college and I never went into design. Uh, having said that, I've always learned design on the job. So working with the Italians and importing stuff from them, I've always been to design studios, understood how they market the product, went to the factories. Right early up in my career, I visited some of the finest factories in Europe and understood a lot more about manufacturing. That gave me an idea of to setting up my factories in India. And I set up my factory on a rent uh, with very humble hand tools. And that workshop then turned into a factory. Uh, today, the factory is about 80,000 square feet. Our painting line itself is about 100 feet long. So that's, that's the kind of automation we brought into manufacturing processes. But I personally believe you can self-learn anything in life. As far as you're passionate about it, as far as you're not using shortcuts, you can practically self-learn anything in life. And I think uh, people like Elon Musk are God at it. What Elon has created across in the world of car design or in the world of space is, is, is a living proof of what, what can be created. So that, that project uh, that you see right yeah, now. For those that are not seeing this, so we're showing a picture of uh, one of the towers that Jimmy built called the Della Tower, which was designed by Jimry. And there's so much history about this. And it was one of those things when he was explaining it to me early about a year ago when I first heard about it, what he's going to tell you right now. It was like one of those things that your mind can hardly even comprehend, let alone to bring it into a reality. So, Jimmy, tell him, because uh, some people aren't seeing this, they're listening. But this is a beautiful, spectacular tower. And tell people how it came about and what the history is behind it. So, Steve, uh, the Persians are known for uh, their architecture. Uh, in Iran, in Persepolis, you have the ruins what Alexander had burnt and left behind. Uh, the 100-column the hall, the Queen's Palace, uh, the Treasury Hall building, and so on and so forth. In Pasagarde, in Susa, 
However, the Persians, when, when the uh, Persians had to leave Iran to protect their religion and move to India about 1,300 years back, they couldn't bring in the architecture. And in this 1,300 years, the community has been super successful commercially. It's, it's supposed to be one of the rich communities that's donated and contributed to our motherland, India, in a, in a great lot of ways. Never build anything of symbolic architectural reference. And whenever we talk to our current generation, uh, we have a problem of dwindling crowds in our community now. We always talk about our past. Our past was so great and this was the uh, palace and so on and so forth. But we had nothing substantial to show to them that we had created in this 1,300 years. So I had this vision to create a tower, uh, which is which is the uh, place where Della Tower is headquartered. That's my residence you're looking at. 21 floors of residential tower where Persian architecture has been replicated in its true architectural form. So when you replicate something, most, uh, most artists put their own artist impression on it. That takes away from the originality of the art. My job as a designer has always been to restore and retain the originality, not let an artist impression prevail. And everything from Iran that we could find or lay our hands on in research has been created on the four fascias and elevation of this 21-story tower. I worked with about uh, 250 plus artisans uh, for more than almost close to a period of three years, two and a half to three years, just to design the art for the building. Let me give you some examples of scalability. The front two columns of the building are from the history of architecture book, uh, 20 meters by three and a half meters long. So 20 meters are each column on the elevation of the building. And when you're designing art, replicating the drawings and scaling it is an art in itself. Wow. And that's, that's the main challenge to get that detailing out. So uh, a dog doesn't start looking like a lion. And when you reduce the scale, a lion doesn't start looking like a dog. You really, really need to get the scalability right. And fortunately on this building, uh, it is divine. Uh, the way it's turned out, uh, it's really, really symbolic. It's won a lot of global appreciation across the world. And uh, very often people actually come and park their cars and get below the building just to take pictures of the building and yeah, understand the history behind it. It really is. For those of you that can't see it because you're not on, uh, you're not watching this on video, we also are going to have links in the show notes that'll be on iTunes and uh, different places that this shows up. So it's worth going back in and checking out some of these things we're going to put in for the after show notes. It is spectacular. Jimmy, when you see this kind of stuff, it must also be a little even surreal to you that your mind and then get like you were saying to and this all goes to entrepreneurship and this goes to what we're going to talk about on the next segment of dlc having a vision getting people to believe in it doing your research getting then the plans designed and ready to go then starting the construction and building something staying on point so a lion doesn't look like a dog and vice versa that's very common in what all of us do i don't care if you're building a bakery shop as a business or you're starting a bicycle driving uh, business or a dog walking business or you're building castles in Europe, it, the same concepts apply. So I wanna come back and talk about how you've applied this design mind of building something so spectacular like the Della Tower Club into building other businesses and how have you replicated that process 
that you have then duplicated into building six or more businesses, being a serial entrepreneur. And I want the audience to hear how they could start wherever they're at. So they may not be at a level to be able to do what you're doing, or maybe they're already doing what you're doing and they want to scale in different ways in different parts of the world. So I want to come back and talk about how you take this vision into a reality. And in that segment, we're going to talk very much about this DLC network. For So audience listening in, if you want to learn about a network that will connect you with other high-minded, powerful individuals doing really amazing things throughout the world. You got to hear about the Devil Leaders Club and how that vision came about for Jimmy and what he's done in a short amount of time to get people already part of his network. Uh, he just uh, brought on uh, Mr. Marshall Goldsmith that many people know. And Jimmy and I were uh, wanting Marshall to be part of this. And Marshall now is going to be accessing many other, other thought global leaders throughout the world. But Jimmy has CEOs, bankers, entrepreneurs, people from cigar and luxury to uh, to HR and legal stuff. It is unbelievable. So this architecture, when I was looking at that building, Jimmy, it was reminding me of this other thing you're building, which is your new baby. So let's come back and talk about your new baby on the next segment. And we'll we'll carry some of these other processes into that discussion. That sound good? Chelsea. All right, everybody, stay tuned, please. We'll be right back to talk about building your vision and making it a reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. We are having fascinating conversations with D Mr. Jimmy Mystery, who's in Mumbai today, India, where, where he resides. He'll soon be uh, also coming to the U.S. And, and spending some time in New York as well. We're going to talk about that. But before we left for the last segment, Jimmy was talking about these amazing things that he's done in design and how having a vision and turning it into a reality by having to either A, uh, design the plans, get the vision for the plans, get a team to buy into it, then start construction on things if you're building something. How do you stay on track with that? And how do you turn it into a reality? How do you raise the funds to be able to make that happen? And whether you're a serial entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, whether you are a management person in a company helping build things for other people right now, uh, or whether you are in between your career uh, scenarios or trying to transition to what your passion is or what you love, Jimmy is somebody that you can learn so much from because he's done that on so many levels in his own life. So, Jimmy, I want to talk about some of these projects that you've done in your career. And you, you've had many building resorts, golf clubs. You've, you've gotten involved in, in the luxury side of things. So talk to me how um, a, a guy that you said came from humble beginnings, how you started stepping into things that created luxury experiences for you or that you felt comfortable going in and being able to design a lot, a yacht or meeting the, uh, the wealthy, rich and famous, and then also creating your products and services that in many ways cater to the luxury world. Because when, a lot of times when people think of success, they think, oh, I want to be a success and I want to be on a yacht or I want to take an extravagant vacation or I want to have a beautiful home or I want to smoke cigars or, or uh, drink cognac. And that is part of the result of being successful. But you took it a, a, another step beyond that and you learned to market that by experiencing it and using your products and services around luxury brands and some of the things you do. So let's talk about branding and luxury for a minute. And then I, talk, I wanna jump into the DLC network after that. Steve, two things happened in my life which were changing moments. Uh, me going to Italy and, and taking the dealership of a company that's now shut down, the world's second largest office furniture manufacturer, Olivetti Synthesis. 
and a man by the name of Manuel Mancarelli, who became my friend philosopher guide in Italy. He actually introduced me to the Italian design industry. He was an ex-model of Giorgio Armani, became my friend. And he's the guy who actually introduced me to various design companies in Italy. That was a changing point. Uh, my sense of dressing, my sense of style, my, my passion about design uh, originated there. And I owe it to the Italians even today. I, I really, really give them whatever I, I've gained in the world of design today and my ways of thinking has been because of that doctrine that I, I was exposed to for a period of four years almost working with the Italians. Second thing that happened was by an American company by the name of IDEO Design. IDEO created a design thinking workshop. Those days it was a design process workshop. Design thinking was not coined even by IDEO. Uh, it was in 2006, if I get the year correct, uh, or five. Uh, I attended a three-day workshop and that actually made me think whatever way I was designing, be it research, synthesizing, listening, uh, prototyping, and, and, then, and then following a process, which is why every project that I did turned into something different and unique. It was never a common project. Uh, that, is, that has been the reason why I've been able to even create DLC. Because the whole idea of empathy, the whole idea of putting yourself in the other person's shoes, and understanding, designing for betterment of society, designing for betterment of any environment that you touch, sets a certain process and a way of thinking in your life. And that was inculcated into me thanks to IDEO's first session that I did with IDEO. Uh, and now recently when we've created DLC, we've onboarded one of the co-founders of IDEO into DLC. It was such a proud moment for me because uh, in a very silent way, I have a lot to thank IDEO for what I've, I've achieved in my life. So IDEO has taught me the basis of empathy. IDEO has taught me prototyping, rapid prototyping, ability to be able to pivot very quickly. So you have an idea, you have a concept, you prototype it, you fine tune it, you don't wait to perfect it, and you pivot, you pivot, you pivot, you go back to the drawing board till the time you've done your damnness and you have something that's outstandingly different, which the world kind of instantly goes in uh, uh, element of awe or surprise. Yeah, so that's that's, that's how DLC was created. Well, you 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 create on surprise in so many things. I mean, if you look back through all the stuff you've done, the on surprise I, that was a great way to describe the element of also some of the things that drive you, not only in luxury but in all these design things, and that you want to be unique and different, and you do it from a sense of empathy and also contributing so others can enjoy it. So you spark something in them. And that brought you to the Della Leaders Club. So the Della brands, you know, you have all these brands that do things in the luxury market or in the architectural space or in resorts or real estate uh, service industries. So let's talk about DLC. So let's tell people what the, DL, the DLC, D Della Leaders Club, how that vision came for you and the same process that you went through to build some of these other things. I'm assuming you've used a lot of that in this building of DLC. So let's take a few minutes here on this segment and talk about... Uh, your your new baby, as I call it, your new baby, which has now grown into a full-blown adult who's traveling around the world. So uh, <laughs> tell us about the Della Leaders Club. The most, by far the most exciting thing that's happened to me during the pandemic. So DLC is a pandemic baby and it was it was conceived and it took shape uh, during, during the first pandemic lockdown. Uh, DLC is a global community of entrepreneurs, professionals, and young leaders. Again, going by my own example of being a first-generation entrepreneur, there has been a hollow void. All times I've always tried to look for a search for a need of a support system. You know, as a first generation entrepreneur, you're always worried about doing things. You do take the risk and do it. But what if something goes wrong? You need a support system, not just when times are bad. 
even during good times you're growing you need support system finances you need support system uh, uh knowledge you need support system because at the end of the day entrepreneurship is all about the knowledge you gain and how do you deploy with true utmost honesty so it is it is always been a quest for knowledge quest to stay ahead of the curve how can i beat the competition how can i think and have the foresight and the vision to think not just immediate but how can i think into the future and and so on and so forth so every entrepreneur goes through all of these things what if we created an ecosystem which we call as a community to build for entrepreneurs professionals and young leaders to address all these challenges that's what dlc is and hence now dlc has been rated by none other than forbes new york as the world's first business platform so it is not a transactional platform but in in reality it's a genuine support system it's a 360 degree platform for the world of entrepreneurs uh, and entrepreneurs connecting globally from here to moscow new york to london hong kong to singapore dubai bangkok and cities in india so by by the by the first year when we launched it in june 21 we launched it in 15 cities in the world and each of these 15 cities we managed to onboard some of the finest men and women of eminence like yourself there are so many of them there is barry johnson who's been one of the chief strategic advisors to barack obama has held uh, multiple positions in white house there is uh, david shoffs donald trump's attorney the prime most criminal lawyer in the world uh, david is a is a well known speaker uh, there are deans of universities the current dean of oxford somitra datta the ex dean of cornell current dean of thunderbird university i i can uh, i can uh, the board member of stanford ronald diamond i can go on and on and on uh you know it's it's amazing to have men and women of eminence who've all aligned to the with the vision of trying to drive people from a life of success to a life of significance mm-hmm. and that line significant life for humans and others has resonated with the whole world yeah absolutely well one, that was one of the things that caught me when you're uh one of your really strong people that work with you and beside you a uh, shilpi reached out to me a couple about a year and a half two years ago and was talking about some of the things and and at the time I had no concept of what it was but when she was saying that you were looking to build a network of people who were being purpose driven lever- leaders but also wanting to create a life of significance and help others do that I'm like well tell me more about that that was one of the things that intrigued me because there are a lot of different net- networks out there that some people are part of masterminds and they're part of uh executive groups and there's many of them that are out there and they do good work what your vision was as to what you just said you've pulled this ecosystem together that's a basically a one stop shop experience if you would not only encompassing if i wanted to either virtually or eventually in person when covid is lifted because i know you'll be doing events you'll be doing workshops you'll be doing seminars but right now the whole world has gone virtual because of the covid stuff over the last year and a half and that was already part of your element but you have created a way that people can bring their knowledge their skill their talents and all segments of life of anything that you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep in your business your family your life your travel luxury and if you don't know a lot about it and you want to learn from it you've created a network of people that are teaching classes and workshops on it or you've created these committees that also are doing things to do betterment in the world and that was another thing that drew me to the Dell Leaders Club that you are making impact type 
uh, subgroups that are doing things, whether it's for diversity or for poverty. So talk to me about why the significance, the life is significance, and why doing something that's a contribute, contributing factor to making a difference in a philanthropic way to certain degrees, but more importantly, in positive change of things that are challenging in our world. So let's talk about that segment of the DLC. Sure. So uh, Steve, for me, a life of success, if it is to be measured, how do you measure success? Uh, success is definitely not to be measured in financial terms. Uh, for us, the currency we recognize at DLC and what we have coined is the number of human lives touched. So a very simple way to measure success. How successful is Steve? Is the number of directly proportional to the number of human lives Steve has touched positively during his lifetime. So for us at DLC, it's a very simple measuring tool of success. Uh, how many human lives you've touched? And in doing so, uh, how have you helped planet Earth heal itself? So these are the two currencies we kind of recognize in the world of DLC. DLC stands on a platform of four pillars. One is forums, creating forums, uh, which is like a personal group of six to 10 people. Uh, it's, a, it's a game changer in an entrepreneur or a professional or a young leader's life. Forums, business knowledge, lifestyle, and social impact. These are the four pillars on which we build the foundation of DLC. Our DLC, of course, has got 26 genres, 13 in business, 13 in lifestyle. And in each of these genres, like I said earlier, we've invited eminent people across the world. So you, the minute you join it, you're a part of a global community. From a professional standpoint, your own domain. So let's say you are a practitioner of strategy. So you have a strategy committee and an execution committee. Or might be you're in the world of automobiles. So you have an automobile committee. That's from a domain standpoint. But to be able to be a leader in the world of automobiles, you also need to have knowledge on human resource, leadership, cybersecurity, environment, social governance, design thinking, happiness, so on and so forth. So you can consume knowledge from each of these committees, which is going to be uploaded on the platform on a monthly basis. Let me give you some statistics and numbers. Uh, 26 committees, each having 25 content pieces uh, through different uh, 11 different formats. It comes to about 650 pieces of content a month across 15 cities in the world and 26 domains. So that's the kind of infrastructure we are setting up. We've set up elaborate studios, production, post-production facilities, and we are incorporating some cutting edge technology. You've seen and you've been there for some of the launches to know what kind of production we do. And every single thing is done in-house. So even in, in New York, we are setting up the office in a small studio. It's just going to be a Chroma studio. And, and we're going to generate content in New York. Uh, we plan to expand to other cities in the United States this year. Hopefully, Chicago, D.C., Boston, Houston, L.A., and San Francisco. This is on my list this year. Uh, my family is moving there. Uh, and and uh, Shilpi is moving there. Uh, I'm going to be there in New York every, every month, hopefully for, for four or five days. So let's see how this year pans up and how the United States treats uh, DLC as its headquarters. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we definitely want to welcome you with open arms into the U.S. And you've already done that virtually because I've been part of some of your launches and you do it like a huge production. It feels like an Emmy Awards show or an Academy Awards show. You've got the you, you know, you've got the host and the MCs, and you've got the big stage and you've got a, an audience and you're you've created this whole virtual uh, this video studio that you've done. So your 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 words about content and you know, all the content that's to be created. We know that this has become a world of content, whether you're a solo entrepreneur a serial entrepreneur, you're a big corporation or company, the content that people are putting out about their message, their product, their service, what good they're doing in the world, 
um, and also uh, getting messages across that are consistent. You've done an amazing job of that. So people can go to the site of the Dela Leaders Club, um, and we're going to put that in the show notes. But what what are some of the um, the things that people can look forward to, Jimmy, if um, they are going to be on the site as far as you'll be having master classes, right? You'll be having trainings and then you have all these forums people can communicate and remind people of what the website address is again. Uh, www.delaleaders.com, D-E-L-L-A-L-E-A-D-E-R-S.com. Uh, that's our website. They can Google my name or they can Google the world's first business platform and they will end up at uh, Della Leaders Club because that's what it is all about. They can, they can join uh, they can subscribe to the membership and we are your podcast. Uh, we will definitely be giving a prominence. Uh, people can apply to become a member. It's by invite only. And once we go through the membership process, uh, there is a, there is a, there is a, there is a format that we've kept across to make sure that we onboard only a certain segment of the people who apply to us to be a part and parcel of our community. We wanted, we want like-minded people. Like I said earlier, it's not the balance sheet that matters. It's a willingness to help other humans in a positive way, impact their lives. That kind of a contribution is going to be some of the criteria with which we're going to select our, our members. So that's, that's uh, uh, for now the listeners to go on and check out the website. They can reach out to me on my social media or DM me directly and or reach me. I've reached to me through you would be more than happy. They should also come and look at your podcast on DLC platform and your microsite, Steve. Your profile is amazing. I've shown your profile to multiple people across the world, and they're very intrigued with the level of in-depth knowledge and, and experience that you bring in the world of real estate and leadership both. Well, thank you for that, Jimmy. I appreciate it. And you guys did an amazing job just pulling content for me and putting it on your site. You've got the, these forums on here that if you're seeing these slides for people that are on, on, this, on video or streaming, you'll see a few snapshots we put up here of the site their branding categories, knowledge summits, each of these members uh, and committee members, they, uh, Jimmy and his team has created profiles where you can put on your own videos, your own content. So I highly, highly recommend you go to this site, check it out. We will have it in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're not seeing these slides, we'll put in the Della Leaders Club web address. Uh, you can learn about their subscription. You can learn about how their screening process goes. And, and Jimmy has made this a very elite but accessible network. So it's not for everybody, that's for sure. Not everyone may be at the level uh, either in expertise or experience or skill. There is a monetary contribution as well that's very, very reasonable that gets paid on an annual basis. But they do have a screening process because they want this to be the elite of the elite. But they also want to pull people up that are doing great things in the world that can be part of these groups in different ways. So I would highly recommend checking this out. It would help you in your business. It would help you grow and scale. It would help you have access to other global leaders from all over the world. I've been on uh, seminars and webinars and launches with people from Dubai, London, New York, uh, you know, Texas, uh, Hong Kong. I mean, it's just like one call. You've got like, it's, it feels like the United Nations that are, you're looking at the screen on there. So it's pretty amazing. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about Dela Leader Club, but I want to get into some of the more interesting things about uh, Mr. Jimmy Mystery. We have a fun segment that we do on uh, pulling up some Instagram uh, feature shots and find out what Jimmy was doing in those. And then I want to talk about spirituality. One of the things I like to talk about here on the Alchemy of Business, because alchemy is a formula 
for all areas of your life. And Jimmy was talking about a life of significance and a life of balance. And so in that spiritual intelligence that he pulls in of things that he doesn't understand or know, how does he connect to the world? So what's his own spiritual intelligence? And let's find out some more interesting things about Jimmy Mystery. That will finish up our fourth segment when you come back and we'll wrap up with a bang. So come back and join us. Thank you. Welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show with Mr. Jimmy Mystery. We are coming into the fourth segment of the show, which means we're rounding into the finish line here. And Jimmy has been an amazing guest. I know he would be because he's been an amazing associate and friend of mine that I've met here in the, in the last couple of years. And I've really enjoyed every time we've had an interaction. So I knew the show today would be fun. And I know you as the audience have got to be enjoying this conversation with Jimmy. Jimmy does a lot of amazing things as a, as a serial entrepreneur and a driven person. And we have a segment that we do on our show called Instantly Interesting. I always get a tongue twister, so I should probably work on this. But it's Instantly Interesting Instagram. And as we know, many people are on Instagram and social media and different things. So we went into Jimmy's Instagram. And we here's the rules, Jimmy. We take a quick dive on your photos on Instagram. We just look through a quick feed. And then what we do is we pull up some of these interesting ones that jumped out. We didn't really have the full context on. There might have been a little excerpt, but you obviously have more context. And we want you to share and tell us a quick little snippet about what was happening in that particular photo. So let's learn a, learn a bit more about Mr. Jimmy Mystery. So let's uh, buzz through these. So what's this? Uh, you're, we're, for those of you that aren't seeing this, this is a picture with Jimmy with some dogs, uh, like looking like he is a real dog lover. And it says uh, dogs and more. It looks like he's on the cover of a magazine. So what was this one, Jimmy? This was a couple of years back with my Irish Teta. He is now about, I think, around 14 years. And uh, this, this must have been about, I think, seven, eight years back. Uh, he's an amazing dog. He, he, he is in Dela Resort, like my home there. Uh, the one on the right is my Husky. Her name is Stella. And this is on my office desk. Uh, one, of, one of the interviews that I just finished and Stella came up to see what's happening. So she's the one who's always with me in the office. She's there even right now. Uh, so they are there, two of my pets, one in Lonavla home, one in, one in office and home in Bombay. Well, you got to love a pet lover. There's no doubt about that. Those dogs are beautiful. And it looked like Stella there was trying to have a, a drink of your, uh, sip of your drink, whatever you're having there. Okay, here's another one. It says you are at DLCHQ and you're in a, in a cool red outfit and a cool chair or couch here. And it looks like this shot, I'm assuming this might be at your, your headquarters. What's yeah. what's going on in this shot? That's that's at the reception. And we usually meet together on Diwali Puja. That's a day once in a year. Diwali is a festival of lights we celebrate in India. Uh, just right after the prayers on Diwali, the picture was taken across. That's how I'm in the traditional Indian kurta and pajama. Yeah, you look very you look very dapper there, I will tell you. Thank uh, you. Here, here is Jimmy looking like he is addressing an audience. His back is to us, for those of you that aren't seeing this. And it says, for the love of design on the back of his shirt. And he's facing an audience speaking to a bunch of people. So what was going on in this photo, Jimmy? Uh, this has been taken at the new uh, DLC headquarters in Lonavla for Global Summits. Uh, the building is meant to be Della Mystery Luxury Interior Product Display Building. And the studio is coming up there. Uh, I'm addressing the team at Della. This is during our annual gathering on 12th of June. So every year on 12th of June, 
we have our we celebrate our annual day uh, last year 12 june we celebrated the 25th year of dela and this was i think about 2 years back or 3 years back around there i think just before covid Well, and you've been really scaling. I think when I first started talking with you and Shilpi almost two years ago, now I think you had maybe thirteen or fifteen people, and now you're up to how many people do you have working for you in this? In DLC, we've got one hundred and eighty. Overall, we are about two thousand plus employees across businesses. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, just on the Dell Leaders thing to grow from you know ten or fifteen in the last year and a half or two, whatever it was, to now hundred, almost two hundred people. You are definitely scaling, and then two thousand people. that are carrying on your vision and the vision of themselves within your companies is amazing. Now here is something fun. I do know that Mr. Jimmy Jimmy Mystery likes to have fun. He's also an adventurer. He's a bit of a daredevil. And you've got a picture of him on a on a motorcycle and a four-wheeler. So what's happening here, Jimmy? Where are you at? The picture is at the Adventure Park. Uh, so Steve, I during my college days used to race professionally motocross racing. Of course you uh, did. Was, of course you did. What else haven't you done? <laughs> so that is I, that I is, know that about you. <laughs> that is at the Adventure Park. I'm just having some fun, and uh, the other one is a large ATV. It's an 800 cc Polaris. It's like a mini tank, and I'm trying to fly it off. It's a heavy machine, and trying to lift it off the ground is fun. So uh, that's this is me in my element. Oh, that is fun. I'm, I'm going to have to come back. You have to. I've done four wheeling, but I've not done that jumping uh, with uh, motocross bikes. There, I'll have to have you teach me that one day. Uh, this goes back to we were talking about your family earlier. I'm assuming this is you as a little boy. Is this correct? For those of you that are not seeing, this is a black and white photo of a stunning looking man and woman in traditional Indian dress, and then a small boy and a and a uh, girl that's a little bit older than him standing with a beautiful little dress on as well. What's this picture of Jimmy? I think I must have been about five. That's my parents, my father, mother, and my sister. It is uh, again the same ceremony, Navjot, that I mentioned earlier for my daughter. A similar ceremony was done for my sister when she was eight, uh, or or she was nine. I must have been about four. So that's that's ages ages back. My my father's death anniversary just passed a few days back, and that's when it was his birthday, and that's when I put up the post. Yeah, and you had a very beautiful tribute to your dad. I'm sure he uh, saw that and felt that from wherever he his soul is right now, and was appreciating your your um, honoring him in such a heartfelt way. And I know he was a major, significant uh, impact in your life, and will continue to be as you are to your own children. So. That's great. Thank well, you. thank you for sharing that. That leads me into this family talk. One of the things that people, when I meet people like you, that has a, this inspiration, you have this calling, you're being pulled, and sometimes you don't know why you're being pulled to do things of greatness. But let's talk a little bit about spirituality. One of the things you and I have talked about before is one of the things I'm doing in the alchemy of business, and I just did in my recent book, the Iggy principles, inviting good in uh, versus edging good out, or if you want to use the word God, which I do use, versus um, being an ego. And we all have an ego, and we all have to, you know, ego just gets shit done. It just does. But then this concept of inviting good or inviting God in. where it talks about you and I have talked about many of these things gratitude and forgiveness and surrender there's a slide up about the iggy principles but when i first met you and i was talking with shilpi as well and you guys were asking me if i wanted to be a part of this dell leaders group i didn't know much about it at all from scratch and as quickly every conversation i had with you i thought wow these people are really doing their own form of iggy so can you share with the the listeners and anyone that might be viewing before we're wrapping up the show here i want to end on this note about how you define your own spirituality and how you use spiritual intelligence to guide you on some of these amazing things you've done in your life steve i'm a complete believer in spirituality uh from a from a religious standpoint and from a non-religious standpoint 
I firmly believe uh, certain things are destined to be done and you need to make the most of it and do it. Visions do come to us, but if you do nothing about the vision, you can't really, you can't really achieve it. And with just having a vision and a drive to achieve it, unless and until you don't get the vision completely, you can't do it. So DLC is one such example. Della Tower is an example. My life is filled with examples like that. Every time there's been an adversity, I've got, I've pivoted and started something different. 2008-9 recession, I was into interiors and I started hospitality and adventure. So every single time it's been a vision that's come to me and I've gone all out and delivered my best and remained true uh, and honest to whatever I was doing. I completely believe uh, the kind of kind of uh, trait I look for in a human more than IQ I look for in SQ. What is the kind of spiritual quotient in the human? So in Della, we may not have the most competent people, but yeah, we have people who have, who have, who have their hearts in the right places. Yes, and do. that's empathy. And that's very important to me because when bad days come and all thing, all hell is going to break loose, it is those people who will be standing by your side and not the smartest and the most intelligent. So for me, surrounding myself with people who believe in vibrations, who believe in positivity, who believe in giving positive energies to others, those are the kind of people I like to surround myself with. And uh, uh, invariably, if you come, uh, come across human beings and you find that the person is spiritual by nature, by and large, nine out of 10 times, that person is sorted. You don't need to worry about that person ever digging a dagger in your back or trying to fool you, cheat you. I mean, you can be, I may not know you from Adams, but if I know you're spiritual, 90% is sorted out because by and large, our values will fall into place and we can, we don't need to worry about uh, anything whilst engaging in relationships with people who are, who are highly spiritually inclined. And that's, that's across countries. I've traveled quite extensively for work across the world, including China extensively. Whenever you come across people who are spiritually inclined, kind of things fall into place and uh, um, exceptions are always there, but uh, uh, the connects are amazing. When I know Steve is spiritually charged and I go all out, I think the relationship is as good as we are 20 years old, known to each other. We don't need to spend those 20 years. In two years, we are as good as 20 years. So yeah. that's the kind of uh, energy that comes in with spirituality. And the more you're aware about it, I believe in the go-giver concept. The more you give, the more you get, but you should be ready to receive it. So if you are aware, awake and doing things, uh, then things start making sense to you. For some of the people listening to both of us, they might be wondering what are these guys talking about. But uh, the more they are, they, they awaken themselves and the more they listen, they read your book, they read about Go-Giver, uh, they, they understand things and then, then things start making sense to them. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is amazing. And I saw that work not only through your own conversations we had, but also in how you were dealing with stuff within your family and also the messaging. You were talking about branding earlier, but even some of the words and the, the, the messages and topics you're putting on your website, they might be subliminal to some, but to me, they were obvious. They like jumped out at me like, wow, that has a spiritual. And when you start talking about making impact a life of significance, once people get to the end of the day, we all, we all realize we can only smoke so many cigars or drink so much cognac, and that's fun. But then it's about this significance. So you and I have talked about that spirituality, when we ask ourselves, what's it really all about? Why am I here on the planet? What, what am I here to do? What does the higher power, God, universe, mother nature, whatever you want to call it, what is it calling me forth to do? And what I think that you've done within this Della Leaders Club and within the companies you've built, I think you've created a container and a space in which people can come in and explore their own unique differences and share their gifts and be their own go-giver. And, and then you made something really interesting. 
we sometimes give and give and give, and sometimes we don't remember how to receive. So I think you were mentioning that, that the importance of that, because a lot of times the, these gifts that are coming back to us from the universe, we're not as well to receive as we already give. So I'm glad you brought that topic up because it is a give and take world if you're exchanging positive energy. And if you're denying someone else to give you a gift of love or forgiveness or appreciation or um, understanding, um, sometimes that gift is not fully fulfilled. So I appreciate you bringing that piece up. How have you carried your own spiritual beliefs into your family life with your children? I know in this day and age when everyone's on devices and our kids have their own opinion about what's cool or not cool or, oh, dad or mom, you know, I know that that is always a challenge carrying this on in generations. You're doing it within your company and you're trying to make that a big impact. Are you how do you do that within your own family of carrying this a belief of being a go giver and some kind of spiritual influence in their lives? Steve, I personally believe as a leader and as a parent, you need to lead by example. Uh, no matter what you speak to your children and tell them, uh, they, they, are, they are watching silently your behavior and how you're implementing things in your life. So if you're talking to them about spirituality, if you yourself are spiritual by nature and you're practicing it, your children are going to imbibe it from you and you can just make them more aware about it. Uh, so that's, that's, that's been my philosophy and principle. Uh, the rest... Uh, is hypocrisy when people try and profess things to their children, but they are themselves not practicing it. The children are very smart and intelligent to pick it up. So I think the best way the parents can display to their children whatever values they want to inculcate is by living them and imbibing in them right from the early age. Well, that is a great note to end on. So I think that is great, great wise words of wisdom there, Mr. Mystery. Uh, and I, I'm so glad that we get to talk about family and business and building and making money in these ways because they all part of the same conversation. In my work of the alchemy of business, alchemy, the reason I use that word and it was drawn to it was because it encompasses this whole formula of the chemicals and the elements needed to build one's life. And everyone can pick what those unique things are. But at the end of the day, we have the power to decide. We have the power to control. We have the power to make our own destiny. And just like you broke away as a first generation entrepreneur, you used your own alchemy and your own formula of the gifts that you had and things that you didn't know by learning to pull those in and then empowering other people to create magnificent things in the world. So I want to thank you for all that you've done. I want to applaud you for the amazing success you have had in your life. And I believe that you are just getting started uh, in moving forward into your next chapter. You and I have talked about that you believe this might be your greatest work. Uh, and even though you just ended up on uh, GQ magazine as one of the most fit 50-year-olds, I think they're going to be doing a most fit uh, entrepreneur 80-year-old that you'll be on the cover as well doing other amazing things. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for being on Thanks, the show. Steve. It's been a pleasure, really. Absolute pleasure speaking with you. It's been wonderful. And uh, good luck to many, many more wonderful, fantastic podcasts and may make people take advantage of the lovely work you're doing. I love it. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, everyone, for listening in or watching. And uh, please make sure you're checking all the show notes and links. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff for you. And please check out the Dell Leaders Club. Google it. Check out the website link that's in the bottom of our notes. You will be very, very impressed with that you have access there, too. So thanks to you and your team, Jimmy. You have an amazing group of people there. And I'm looking forward to getting to know all of them even more. Thanks, everybody. Make it an amazing Bye. day. Thanks, Joshua. Bye. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed, and see you soon.